this week. Can't find a husband? I've got the solution for you. It's sexy ghosts. Then, promised and fulfilled, the other time psychic Jim Hunt blew my mind. So this is a strange news segment. I've decided to combine them with the shows each week. Seems to make more sense to me, you know? I always want to have a lot of great subjects to talk to you guys about. And if I tend to do these extra, you know, um, special episodes, it's just going to be, I think, too much content. So I thought, hey, just put them in the main show. And over time, there's going to be a massive archive for you guys to enjoy. So this one really kind of jumped out at me. So this week's strange news segment is about uh, not being able to find a husband. So this woman in the UK, which is where you expect stuff like this to happen, she decides that she's going to marry a ghost. Now, why do I say this is common for the UK? It's because of the energy. I'm not saying people from the UK are strange in any way. If I have any listeners out there, I apologize for even assuming that. Uh, the reason I mention is because the energy out there is just on a different level because of the history of the area. So people's belief structure around ghosts, much different you know, compared to Canada being a little baby country with not the same amount of history. We don't really see it as much. We don't have as many haunted places. We don't have as many experiences with ghosts. Unless you're actively trying to seek it out through investigation, through going to haunted places at night, etc., etc., then you're not going to see it. But it seems in the UK it almost comes to you in a way because you can be in a space and not even know it's haunted. So you're in a restaurant, for example, you didn't realize that it dates back to the 1700s and that somebody was murdered on the spot where you're sitting eating your steak. That's the difference between an older country like Britain versus Canada. So when I say, you know, I have this article about a woman who wants to marry a ghost, it's not too over the top because even if you didn't have the experiences yourself, even as this woman might be a little off kilter, I like to think that because she was raised in that environment where ghosts are just a natural part of life, where it's just accepted by everybody that this is how things are, that it's not as crazy to her. So I just wanted to kind of set that up to get the idea between the difference of the Canadian mindset, which is the majority of my listeners, versus other places around the world, especially more historic places like Britain and Italy and you know parts of Asia where they just accept the fact of ghosts. Now, on the other side of it, too, is there's not a lot of competition, right? So you're not going to have a lot of women that are going after these ghosts. So you could have like uh, the ghost of um, um, who's a sexy movie star from back in the day, uh, Cary Grant, the ghost of Cary Grant. And you can have them all to yourself. <laughs> I'm almost tempted myself. But that's another story for another show. So here's the article. It is from the Metro. I guess it's a newspaper over in the UK. And it is titled... Woman who wants to marry a ghost says they're arguing over the wedding date. 
There's actually a picture of the woman here. If you guys look up that title, you'll find it. You can see her. I mean, she's she's pretty. I, I you know she has really nice eyes, but I do get a, like a goth vibe. So that I don't know if that says anything or not. Anyway, let's get on with the article. A woman who is marrying a ghost claims there's no church that will have the couple as they're being threatened with exorcism by priests. Uh, her name is Brocarde, or Brocard. She's 38 years old. Uh, she is a singer-songwriter from Oxfordshire in the UK. And she fell in love with Eduardo. I don't think that's a traditional British name. Who says who she says is the ghost of a Victorian soldier. Okay, I call BS already. <laughs> so yeah, there's the strange news segments. How they work is I don't read them in advance. So I like to react with it along with you guys, and I'll just kind of cut off every now and then and give my opinion on what's being said. So already I gotta cut off. Eduardo is not a Victorian soldier name. Eduardo is a uh it sounds Spanish to me. I could be wrong. So already, I'm a little bit tense on this one. So she says that he's a ghost of a Victorian soldier. And Eduardo appeared in her home, and they have been together ever since. Now, like all couples, they have times of tension. But for the most part, they're extremely happy. Uh, Quote, Eduardo and I are currently arguing over the wedding date. Brocard says, I want a summer wedding, but he hates the heat. (laughs) And I'd secretly love to make him melt. Well, like Frosty. But he disappears often enough as it is. Ugh, those guys, you know, no commitment issues, even after death. So I guess uh, I don't understand the ghost feels heat. Anyway, uh, quote, for weeks we got nowhere with it. So I'm going to design a Ouija board of wedding dates to see where we're both drawn to. I swear he's turned into a complete groomzilla, and <laughs> his list of demands grows daily. Eduardo always has a temperamental nature, but the nuptials seem to be bringing out the worst in him. That's actually quite creative, this Daniel. I mean, if you wanted to marry a guy, I mean, I have an Ouija board with all the dates on it and see where it points, but then a mischievous spirit could be controlling it, right? And then it's... Uh, pick like the worst date just to just to troll you but i don't know but again he doesn't feel heat so i don't know about that one and eduardo is not a victorian name anyway continuing brocard and eduardo communicate through unusual means the ghost often sends cryptic messages in the shower quote eduardo still leaves subliminal messages in the shower and shows his emotions by sending hot and cold sensations through my body, she explains. Whatever it is I need to ask him, he finds a way of communicating back. It doesn't just lie in the perimeters of what some people classify as, quote, normal. But who wants normal? Agreed. Continuing. However, marrying a ghost is proving to be a difficult task. The couple have been shunned from numerous churches Because the institutions see the relationship as blasphemous. Uh, Yeah, you know, this is Daniel. I I tell you, coming from a Christian background, there's always been this uh, conflict, uh, hypocrite, you know, as be a hypocrisy. Thank you. Uh, Hypocrisy, uh, where they state that ghosts don't exist, yet 
The Bible is filled with them, filled with spirits. Uh, tons of stories have them. So I've always, I've always asked that question, especially when I was younger. I asked the question, like, well, what's the, what's the truth here? You can't say that ghosts don't exist yet. Your your main text says them. So to say that their relationship is blasphemous, I mean, what's blasphemous about it? I mean, if uh, she's a Catholic or a Christian and she wants to get married in the Catholic or Christian way. You know, I don't see uh, this being blasphemous. But anyway, I never got a straight answer on that one. If anybody knows, let me know. Uh, Continuing, quote, Finding the venue is proving real tricky, she notes. We've been kicked out of a few churches and have been threatened with exorcism already. I want a huge white wedding, but a lot of people just can't see the vision. Well, I mean, it's obvious. You can't dress in white Brocardo, because if you Brocardo, because if you did, uh, who they would nobody know who the ghost is, right? Isn't that obvious? Anyway, continuing, Eduardo has made a few appearances, but there's an overwhelming sense that he doesn't feel comfortable in churches. Uh oh, it's far too risky for him. But why? This is Daniel. I mean that that should tell you something about Eduardo. I mean I'm 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 warning you right now, young lady, that. <laughs> Sorry, that you might be dating a demon. Uh, that maybe that's why they thought it was blasphemy. Maybe the priest knew that you were de- dealing with something demonic. Eduardo's coming to you. Oh, I'm a Victorian soldier named Eduardo for some reason. And that's what demons do. They lie. So, I mean, I just called it out. Eduardo is not a Victorian soldier name. That was the first lie he told you. So don't do it, man. Don't do it. Anyway, continuing. Brocard claims that some priests do believe in the paranormal, but they can't speak publicly about it. Uh, Quote, I refuse to consider any of the typical rules and boundaries, as this isn't a typical romance, she adds. I've applied a DIY mentality to everything. Let's do it yourself. I've even designed my own wedding dress, which pays homage to the Victorian era. Eduardo has insisted that I make him a Victorian three-piece suit and I plan around with a few ideas but ultimately I just can't see it I prefer him to surprise me and pull a morning suit from his old wardrobe now morning not as in the morning but as in death morning you know what I'm picturing this is Daniel I think you're picturing it as well if anybody's seen the movie Beetlejuice do you remember when they put out the the wedding dress and the suit and then when they did the seance um Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis did appear, just appeared in the clothing. Like the clothing just grew, grew, and they appeared. I think Eduardo was going to do that. I, you know what? I'm saying to you, young lady, you should put out a suit. And then when you do the seance to bring in Eduardo, I think the suit will expand and he'll turn into a real boy. I'm just saying. Continuing. Uh, choosing who to invite to the nuptials is also causing hassle as most of Eduardo's friends are no longer alive. (laughs) Even worse, his best man is stuck in hell. Oh my God. All of the signs are pointing to demon. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, My friend, my best man, my closest friend, who in life I emulated, is in hell. Like he literally said that to you, that the guy that he's closest to when he was alive is in hell. So, I mean, just the puzzle pieces, they just, anyway. 
Continuing, to add a touch of glitz and glamour to the occasion, the couple are also inviting a series of celebrities, including the ghosts of Marilyn Monroe, Elvis, and the Bard. Does anybody know what the Bard is? So I got to check this. I'm just going to do a quick Google search. Oh, William Shakespeare. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I guess because it's an English newspaper that everybody knows it over there, but we don't know it here. So yeah, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis, both Americans. And then, of course, you have to have your British content, William Shakespeare. Continuing. Quote, my dream is to have an eclectic combination of souls at the wedding, says Brocard. I have a blatant disregard to whatever they are classified as alive or dead. At this point, it barely seems relevant. We're going to invite our favorite historical characters such as Elvis and Marilyn Monroe. Now, William Shakespeare would be warmly welcomed, particularly if he's reading a sonnet. <laughs> you don't expect much, do you? So long as he doesn't reenact Hamlet. <laughs> I guess that's probably for the best. On my special day, I don't have four hours to spare for time. Oh, you're not talking about because of his dark nature. You're just saying that it's too long. Four hours. Uh, that's, uh, I don't have four hours to spare for someone else's drama. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to have William Shakespeare at your wedding, right? I don't know. Nobody really knows what he sounded like, right? They only have how he looks. Uh, some people don't think that he doesn't even exist. I don't know if you guys knew that, uh, that William Shakespeare could have very much been like a, um, a pen name or what is it? Uh, an alias name for somebody else and that he didn't actually exist, and there was somebody else or other people doing his writings, but that was never proven. They actually never even proven if he was truly alive, but anyway, if his ghost comes to this lady's wedding, I will say, okay, William Shakespeare is a real person, so hopefully they let us know. Quote, Eduardo des desperately wants one of his fellow soldiers to be his best man, but apparently he went to hell in 1875 for running an opium den. He hasn't been reachable since. I don't know. This is Daniel. If I ran an opium den and I ran it responsibly, where nobody died on sight, like it wasn't really my fault, is it really something that I would go to hell for? I mean, considering that the people doing the opium, and we're not talking about like today's opioids, that have been manipulated and changed by science and that have been made to basically attach to your DNA so that you become uh, addicted to them. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the originals back in those days where it was more natural than it is today. And I don't think it would have been as strong. You can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I don't think it would have been as strong. So I would think if the, the people there were just kind of like conked out and definitely more connected to the spiritual... Would that be a, a hellable offense? Is that a word? Ascending to hell offense? I don't know. Again, I, I'm seeing tons of holes in this story. I know. I know. It's very real on the, on the surface, but once you get into it, you don't know so much. Yeah, continuing. There are so many obstacles to cartwheel over when marrying a dead man. Very true words. The A-list guests also include the King, uh, King Henry VIII and Johnny Cash. I'd really like to see those guys talking over a beer. I would. Eduardo proposed to Brocard in November of 2021. This article is from 2022. Uh, when she found a diamond ring on her pillow 
after the pair had a fight. She claims the mysterious piece of jewelry was a romantic proposal, and she said yes to her spirit lover. Uh, quote, one morning I awoke to find a ring on my pillow, she recalls. It was digging into the side of my cheek. It felt like I'd been stung by a bee or something, and when I touched my face, I felt the stone and ring band. I thought I was dreaming, and I think I fell back asleep after that, and when I awoke, the ring was gone. I went for a shower and noticed a question mark appearing in the steam. I was convinced I was still half asleep, so I grabbed a few espressos and carried on with my day. The next night, the same thing happened, but this time I awoke to find the ring still there. Again, question marks appeared in the steam of the shower. It was then that the penny dropped. Edward was proposing. I think penny dropped probably means she got the idea. It's probably a saying over there. Uh, continuing. For the big day, Brokart has penned a new song and wants to show her devotion to Eduardo. I've really tried to pull out all the stops and I've written him a magical wedding song which I plan to walk up the aisle to, she says. It's always been my dream to write my own wedding anthem and the paranormal haunting element of Eduardo's presence has provided me with so much inspiration. You know, I mean, overall, this article is uh, interesting. I got some laughs out of it. Hopefully you did too. But in the end, she looks kind of normal to me, even though she's kind of goth. And this stuff is so over the top and doesn't match historically that it makes me think that it's just her lying. That it's just, um, what is it? She wants promotion. And this seems to be a common element these days that I'm not a huge fan of, is that people will purposely create tension. Like if you see with some of the uh, shows that are being released and some of the trailers that they put out, it's almost like they're trying uh, to cause strife. Because they know in return that's going to give them uh, attention. It's going to give them free promotion. It's the old uh, Kanye West way of doing things. If you do something really over the top that you know people are going to react to emotionally, then you're going to get free advertising. So I think that's all this is. And I, and I hate to say, I mean, there's some of the really over the top articles that I've read, I think that's all those are too. So if you, you got to ask the question, what is her her motivation here? If she was just a regular person with an office job, I would say that this is probably real to her. However, she's a singer-songwriter. You know, fame is important. Fame will advance her career. So in that reason, in the end, my final verdict on this one is I think the whole thing is just faked. And I think she knows it too. Now, I promised you this, and I don't go back on my promises, as you would very well know. I thought it would be fun to tell the original story. I don't know if you remember. I forget which week it was from. But it was related to a psychic who I am very amazed at. His name is Jim Hunt. H-U-N-T. He's from the city of Toronto. I've crossed paths with him twice. And I already told the story of the first time where he picked up on my former neighbor, Lily. And she was like a, almost like an adopted grandmother to me. And she pick, he picked up on her and then also picked up on the fact that I was supposed to have a twin. Which is like no way. No way anyone could have known that. I don't, my parents obviously know, but other than that, nobody else. Like I don't really 
tell everybody about that. It's just something I wouldn't share. So that was the first time. You can understand that I would walk away from that situation with, <laughs> to say the least, I was, I was amazed. It stuck with me. But there was a second time. I said I would mention it, and here it is. Now, this one happened at a uh, famous location here in the city of Hamilton, known as the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. And like a lot of things related to Hollywood and TV shows and movies, they wanted to film there. This house has been featured on many movies and shows. I've said like Crimson Peak, the TV show Hannibal, uh, It Chapter 2, to name just a few. And so because I was doing the ghost walks there during that time, they contacted me and they knew me from before. I'd taken them around a few places, including that night when he came up with Lily. And so they wanted me to go to the Scottish Rite, meet them, and just walk around with Jim. So Jim would then tell me his impressions and I'd be able to connect those impressions with the ghosts of the building. Because I knew them, but Jim did not. Jim went in cold. And when he said that, I believe it 100%. I mean, the only way that they could have gotten the ghost stories beforehand is if they had like a spy come out on the tour and report everything back. That's the only way. And I didn't. I don't think they've done that because I trusted them. I mean, it is possible that they did, but the first experience, the first thing that Jim came up with wasn't even something that was shared on the tour. It was something that was only inside my head. So there you go. Right, take that as you will. So I called me per personal tour, confirm stories, confirm his impressions. I show up. It's during the daytime. And it's just Jim and myself. We just go for a walk of the house and through the cathedral building. So as we're walking along, we, we started inside the house. Uh, we start walking up the grand staircase. This is of the, the house itself, this is the Tuckett's Towers. So Tuckett's Towers was owned by a man named George Tuckett. He was a former mayor of the city of Hamilton. He was also the tobacco king of southern Ontario, Tuckett's Tobacco, if you want to look that up. So that was his main house. That's where a lot of the energy will come from. So we're walking up the stairs. Uh, I did tell Jim about one of the main ghosts of the house. Uh, it was a woman in a white dress. So he knew about that. That's very well-known information. But he didn't have any specifics about her. So we get to the top of the stairs, and he stops. And, you know, that psychic way, they kind of, like, stop for a second. They look around. They might close their eyes. They might take in a deep breath. Whatever it is. They're, they're reading the space. And then he says to me, uh, the woman wants me to tell you that you should just breathe. Now, this one hits me because I knew I didn't tell anybody about this is the first one I did not share this with anyone so when he says to me just breathe that meant something to me but nobody else and he seemed confused as well you see the look on his face he's confused what does she mean by that and then I, I said to him I said oh I, I didn't realize this because I have this kind of this weird issue and I don't know if it's psychic or not but some of the more haunted locations that I've led tours through such as the Scottish Rite, but as well the Hermitage Ruins, I have an issue with keeping my breath. So I don't know if it's just I'm not breathing correctly or it's just the energy that exists in that space. But like with a Hermitage, I'm usually fine walking two, four, six kilometers, 
you know, this is, it's not a fast walk or anything. And I, I don't lose my breath. But then in the hermitage, I have that problem where if I do two tours in a row, I will lose my breath. Sometimes even the first tour, as I'm telling the stories, I realize I ran out of breath. I'm not breathing correctly. So that happens to me. And then at the Scottish Rite, it was happening to me when I went up the stairs to the second level to talk about the lady in the white dress. So it happened to me there too. And I guess the woman in white was watching me because Jim then says that she wants me to tell you, you should just breathe. And it hit me. Because really the last tour that I did inside that house, I was having trouble breathing. And when I get to the top of the stairs, I actually, I just, I take a moment to like, just really get my breath in before I start. And people look at me like I'm strange. Like, you know, it was just like a few stairs, like how out of shape is this guy? (laughs) No, kind of out of shape, but not that out of shape. Uh, And then I go on with the stories. So when he said that it, it hit me because nobody could have known. I didn't share that with anybody back then. And he just nailed it. So that was the start of the evening. Now, he did say a lot of things throughout the entire walk that we were going. None of them hit as hard as that one, the first one. And the second one I'm going to mention to you. Now, the second one happened. We go up onto the second level. This is of the house still. And then there's a stairwell that goes up to the third level. And he's standing right beside the staircase. So you got the entire second floor level. You got the rooms off of that. Uh, on the far wall, I actually point out to tour goers that there's this photo of a young boy. And the young boy is uh, James Buchanan. Now, this is a significant name for the city of Hamilton because his father was Isaac Buchanan, who owned Ockmar Mansion on Hamilton Mountain. I've mentioned this before, the, the that house. So James was one of the fellows who brought Freemasonry to the city of Hamilton There's a lodge named after him, so he's very prominent in that area. The portrait of James used to hang inside of Alkmaar Mansion, but I guess at one point he had moved it or somebody had moved it or donated it to the Scottish Rite, and now now it's inside the house. Beautiful portrait, a young boy on the second level there with a lot of history behind it. So when Jim then turns to me, he's standing by that stairwell, and he then turns to me and he says... Uh, there's a little hand patting my head. Well, a lot of things went through my, my mind at that point. Because you might be thinking in your head, oh, the young version of James Buchanan must haunt the Scottish Rite house. And that's not true at all. That's not uh, where I'm going with this, because there's actually another story. Now, this one could have been, I mean, if they were really that dedicated to faking this, just for me or for the TV show, which, by the way, there was no camera. We weren't being filmed. This was just a general walkthrough. Then they could have, because we do tell the story of two young boys who were killed uh, before moving into the house. They were part of the family. I think they were cousins or something. And the story states that they were playing in the uh, fields around where the house was being built and that one of their toy or a ball got away from them, and they ran out into the road without looking at the same time a speeding uh, horse-drawn carriage was coming through, and they got trampled by the horses, and 
you know, tragically, they, they died. Both the boys died because of this. So the reason that this legend exists is because within the stained glass windows at the top of the stairs, the, the famous woman has been featured in all the movies and shows in that stained glass. Well, there's a, there's a little uh, circle with a couple of cherub faces, like, like you know, cherubs like, like Cupid up in the circle, two, two faces. And they say the, the faces are the likeness of the two boys who tragically died. So because they never got to really live inside the house and they died so suddenly and tragically right beside the house where the house was being built, they say that those two boys are now haunting the space. And I've, uh, you know, told people the experience. I think the Masons talked about hearing the footsteps, talked about hearing uh, the children's voices. But as well, uh, we had an experience where somebody took a photo of the staircase in the house and they caught something. And it does look like little tiny hands on the railing and a, and a face peeking up over, which then tells me that, you know, that's kind of a validity that the ghosts, the, the little boy ghosts are there. So when Jim then stands there and says, oh, there's a little tiny hand slowly patting the top of my head, well, that just brings everything flooding through. And man, I mean, as a side note, this is really it, right? When, when you have these types of uh, experiences, you can have a ghostly experience of a location and then just immediately say, oh, it's not true. Like a, a skeptic could come along and say, nope, it's not true because of science, which is a pet peeve of mine, but they say that. So then they'll come along and they'll say that and you won't have any way of backing up and say, but it is true because, oh, I don't know. And you'd be stuck. So this is what we as investigators and believers in ghosts, this is what we seek. This is very important to us. You need to seek out the additional facts to that story. The additional things that have occurred where a psychic who's never been in the building before, and I believe did not know any of those stories in advance, then comes forth and says, okay, here's my experience. And it just so happens without realizing it, he's validated the other stories. So having a ghost story with that kind of validation behind it, uh, it's just, it's what we want as investigators. It's, it's kind of the pinnacle of being able to prove some of these ghost stories are real. So anyway, I, I've, speaking of real, I mean, Jim Hunt as a psychic, he's also a, a life coach, I believe, in Toronto. Uh, he is the real deal. I highly recommend him. Uh, you can go to his website. It's just jimhuntofficial.com, or you can just do a search in Google for Jim Hunt plus Toronto, and it should come up. And, you know, look into a service. If you're looking for a psychic, again, uh, there's only a few people I recommend in this world as psychics, and he is definitely one of them. Anyway, with saying that, that's the end of the show. Uh, we are halfway through the Halloween month, and I'm having a, an amazing time. I'm going to be doing the final Dark History Tour tomorrow. I got downtown Hamilton. Unfortunately, the Dundurn Castle ones are still sold out, and we just closed the waiting list. But the good news is I am going to bring it back next year. We'll have extra dates to hopefully fit more people. And, of course, the Hermitage, we still got space on the creepy, creepy Devil's Night, if you guys are interested. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.